In this podcast episode, we want to introduce you to our BCEN friend, Jordan Tishka. Come along as Janie Shoemaker, Michael Dexter, and Holly Briggs talk with Jordan about her career in trauma nursing and recent nomination and selection for a BCEN award. This episode is called No Escaping This Distinguished Nurse, Spotlight on the 2023 Distinguished TCRN Award Winner. Hello, and welcome to the BCN and Friends podcast, where we hold interesting conversations about learning with a range of thought leaders, BCN certification holders, and industry professionals. But most importantly, to create value and insight for you, our professional nurses across the emergency spectrum. We hope you find our discussions interesting, informative, sometimes funny, sometimes serious, and always valuable. I'm Holly Briggs, a professional development specialist at BCN and one of your hosts for today. I'm joined by my co-host for today, Janie Shoemaker, CEO at BCN, and Michael Dexter, Director of Professional Development at BCN. Hi, Janie. Hi, Holly. Hi, Michael. Hey, Holly. Great to be with you again. In this episode of BCN and Friends, we have Jordan Tishka. Jordan is a registered nurse working in Leesburg, Virginia, and she is also our Distinguished Trauma Certified Registered Nurse Award winner for 2023. She's done some truly amazing work as a trauma nurse and advocate. So let's get to it. Michael, can you please introduce us to our BCN friend, Jordan? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Jordan is currently the Director of Trauma Services at Inova Luden Hospital, which is a level three trauma center in Leesburg, Virginia. Since starting her nursing career in 2007, Jordan has worked in various level one and level two trauma centers along the East Coast. She has obtained her master's degree in nursing education and served as the clinical nurse educator for trauma services prior to her current role. During her time in the educator role, she achieved her TCRN and helped 50 other nurse coworkers attain their TCRN certifications as well. Jordan, I'm very happy to have you with us on the podcast. Welcome to BCN and Friends. Hi, thank you so much for having me. This is really exciting. Well, Jordan, you have had quite a career so far and your your passion for trauma and just your passion for learning and being your best is so evident. Can you please tell us about your career in nursing and why you're so passionate around trauma nursing? Of course. Um, so I started, gosh, it's been 16 years now, which sounds like a long time and it feels like a long time, but it really isn't that long. I started out in a level one trauma facility in Columbia, South Carolina. I went to school down there and immediately went into the emergency department. My mother was an ER nurse. I grew up being surrounded by emergency room nurses. And so I knew that's where I wanted to go. And I started out there. They have a really, really busy trauma facility. And I saw some amazing nurses take care of some really sick patients. I can still remember my very first trauma patient. She was a woman that was in one of our bigger lakes in that area, and her leg was clipped by the back of a boat propeller. And she came into the trauma bay screaming, uh, understandably. She was hypovolemic. She was hypothermic. And I was a brand new nurse, maybe just the first few days into my orientation. And I saw nurses and doctors approach her from every single side of the room. And within 16 minutes, they had her resuscitated. They had blood in her. They had that life-saving tetanus given, and she was off to the OR. And I immediately said, I really want to get good at this. I wanted to be as proficient as the nurses were in there. They knew exactly what to do, exactly what to expect. So I just kept working for 
years at the bedside trying to get really good at my trauma care. I ended up going traveling like many of us do. I was in Asheville, North Carolina for a while, just kind of traveling up the East Coast and ended up in Washington, D.C. and promised my mama that it would be a year. And that was about 13 years ago that I stayed in this area. So I worked at Georgetown for many years and got away from trauma, which was great for me in that I took care of a lot of medical patients, cancer, transplant, things that were very unfamiliar to me. So I worked up there for a long time and I eventually uh, transitioned into more of a leadership role and finally settled my heart on education. Nursing education was something that was just best of all the worlds for me. I get to still see patients. I get to have direct patient care, direct impact to patients and teaching nurses exactly all the things I found helpful when I was that new grad or that nurse resident. From there, I then moved out here into Loudoun County, which is one of the suburbs of Washington, D.C., and started working for the trauma services office. So I had no idea that this was a, a thing or a job and how cool is this? I just get to work with trauma patients. So I was the nurse educator for them for about five years until transitioning into the role that I am in now. The further and further I get from the bedside, the sadder I get. <laughs> I still really enjoy my, my days that I get to take care of a patient and I get to impact them in some way, whether it's getting a warm blanket in the bay or helping set up a chest tube, anything like that. I'm still really excited to do that. And that's kind of where I am today. Wow. That's amazing. Jordan, do you, I have to ask, do you often see new nurses that you, that resemble you the way you were that day when you took care of the trauma patient, when you were brand new, do you see nurses like that? And a hundred percent kind of standing in the back. Yeah, I see that face. I see that look. I see where they're like, I really like this, but I have absolutely no idea where I would fit in in this. And how did she know to go get that really quickly? And how did he know to put that on the patient right there without anybody telling them to do that? And so even as an educator at Georgetown, I remember in stroke codes, you know, everyone approaching the patient very quickly, taking a step back and just being next to that person and saying, this is what they're doing. This is why they're doing it. This is what they're going to do next you are going to learn all of these things and you're going to feel really good about it. Yeah, that's, that's got to be a rewarding part for you. Very much so. Oh, thank you. I love to hear, I think the heart of a really good leader is to still say, gosh, I really still love that clinical care. I still love to touch patients. And I think that kind of desire and, and perspective to keep the patient. Like it's, it really does come all down to the patient and keep pushing back towards that. I think it really keeps you true to like pushing for your clinical nurses, pushing for your patients. So Jordan, I found out through a little bit of your bio that you did not pass your CEN on the first test. Now you passed your TCRN and that went good, but you did not pass your CEN on the first attempt. And I know sometimes, you know, when you meet with success, there's, you know, lessons to be learned. There's good takeaways, but perhaps there's also some really good takeaways that happen when you aren't successful the first time out. So kind of how did you process through that? You know, how did you move from, hey, I didn't pass to I'm going to try again? Uh, no, absolutely. So I passed my TCRN on the first time, but I failed my CEN the first time. I went into a testing center and I remember I was very, very nervous. I had all the nerves in the world and I took the CEN and I did not pass. And I remember feeling really, oh, 
gosh. Okay, that's fine. I just need to rethink this different study strategy and back at it. Cool. I never had this feeling of I'm not taking that again. I'm not going through that again. I really, I was bummed out. I absolutely was sad that I didn't pass that first time, but I do remember just wanting to refocus and re-energize myself. And I went back to the bedside and I said, okay, I need to soak up all of this information because that test covered a lot of different things. And I just don't know enough yet. And if people ask me all the time, like, how do I study? How do I study more? What should I study? You should be studying your patients. That is the best way that you are going to get this information that is on these tests. These tests are not easy. They are not made to be easy. They're, that, that's why you are a distinguished person when you become certified. And so just really figuring out with myself, where did I need the work? Where did I need more experience? And was it a testing issue or was it my lack of knowledge issue? I just didn't feel like I knew enough at the moment. And I kind of re-energized a lot of that focus into learning more from my patients, learning more from the other nurses that I work with, the providers that I worked with, and trying again. And then we had success. So Jordan, you talked about studying and you, you mentioned that the one of the best things you can do to prepare is to study your patient. I really like that a lot. And you know, I've worked with a lot of nurses to become certified. I know you've worked with a lot to become certified. And I hear a lot of things about, oh, I'm not a good test taker, or I just don't have the experience, or I don't need that. And there's always excuses out there. But I, what I thought was really impressive is um, that in the last five years, you've inspired nearly 100 nurses in your health system to take the TCRN certification. So how do you get past a lot of those excuses? And also, what are some of the tips that you give nurses when they are preparing um, to take the exam? So I work in an organization that is, it's very supportive of the certified nurse, and that makes a lot of difference. I've worked in places that maybe aren't as supportive, and so there's not that big push. And you shouldn't be getting certified solely because of financial reasons, right? You don't want to just have those really, really big, important letters behind your name because it came with a bonus or a pay raise. But when you do work for an institution that does prioritize that and provides you in additional financial resources to study for these exams, it does make it a lot easier. So I came into my role here at Loudoun with two certified nurses. I believe we had two, maybe just one. But we started I go just going out on the unit and talking about trauma. We were a really, really new trauma facility. And a lot of people I found, it's not that they didn't want to learn more about trauma, it's that they were terrified of it because they didn't know about it. And that came across as, I don't need to know about this. I don't want to learn about this. Please leave my unit and take that chest tube with you. But instead, we embrace it. And I just kept showing up. I kept coming, kept explaining. This is why your patient is doing this. Day three, after getting 14 rib fractures. And then we started to develop our trauma education just throughout the house, right? The entire hospital, everybody needed to take this trauma education. And it got people a little bit more excited about it because they got more comfortable with the information. I developed a TCRN, basically a prep class, if you will. And it was just hour long dedicated to each component on the test. So if there's six major components to the TCRN, I would give a about an hour lecture on each of them. And then after you complete that, everyone came to, we always put on a big TCRN review course for the hospital. I was noticing at the review courses, they didn't feel, they didn't feel as confident with the information. 
So you're learning how to take a test about information you don't know. So that's why I developed that course that way. So like, let's get you guys really nailed in on the Monroe Kelly theory and what that means and why your intracranial pressures matter. And then let's go learn how to take the test itself. I think that's a good concept because the I've I've always said like you don't you don't just want to hit the cliff notes just to say that you can take the test like ultimately for me certification is about impacting patient care and improving the profession of nursing and I think we do that through having the true knowledge and understanding of how the processes work how the disease processes work how pathophysiology works and so to be able to develop a robust program that teaches the actual core concepts and doesn't just teach like here's the highlights you have to know to pass the test I think is incredibly important to impacting patient care improving outcomes improves the overall facility where you work and so I think that's a really important strategy do you have any uh, you know there's been some conversation about an escape room as well so do you have any input on like other ways that you've incorporated some of those different concepts into teaching trauma care? Sure. So the, I mean, who doesn't love an escape room, right? I I feel like the rage is wearing off a little bit, but they're still there and they're still super fun. I can lecture and I can get in front of a PowerPoint and be as entertaining as that can possibly allow me to be, but it's not the most engaging form of education. And I really struggled with that as a nurse. I mean, we're used to doing being on our feet, using our hands, using our brains in different ways. And so asking them to come and sit for two to four hours to listen to a lecture, just not the most engaging way to educate. So I developed this concept of a trauma escape room where it is a set of clues and you have to use your nursing knowledge to basically unlock each clue. And it sounds, when I explain it to people, they're like, oh my gosh, we couldn't do that. We can't do anything like that. There's just no way. And it is a lot of moving parts and it is a lot of thinking before the event to come up with this kind of thing. However, imagine nurses taking a crossword puzzle and all of the questions are nursing, trauma nursing focused. And they have to use all the education that you've provided to them over the past year to answer this crossword puzzle. And then somehow that crossword puzzle gives them a code to unlock a lockbox that has their next puzzle or their next game, if you will. So I've done this uh, about three years now. We started with a very heavy focused one on neurosurgery because that was new for us. We were getting neurosurgical cases and nurses had never taken care of those patients, both preoperatively and postoperatively. So we really honed in on that. The next year, it was all about the thoracic cavity. This year, it's kind of been a little bit of everything, but it's it's really fun to engage the nurses that way. I put them in tables of either four, five, or six. They end up either all coming together as a group. So from their unit, they like to come and work on it together, or I'll have nurses from all over the hospital in one table. They might not know each other when they start, but by the end of the two-hour session, you know, they're they're chit-chatting, they're talking about, oh, we had one of the patients from the ER that night. Oh, this is what happened. He ended up getting um, a chest tube on day three. You know, just they're talking about the patients they've had together. So it built this like bit of camaraderie between them, which was a very, not anything that I expected to happen. So that was really cool. But they're working themselves for that full, takes about an hour and a half. They are doing the work. They're all of a sudden, maybe they have a patient that is decompensating and needs an art line real quick. So they have to set one up together. And that it's got them to use their hands and it's a low fidelity simulation scenario, but they're getting to use their hands to do things. 
which any nurse will tell you, yes, please, any day of the week, I'll take it. And so it was, it was really, it's been really fun. I don't have problems filling our escape room. We do it once a month now, and it's still really fun. We had to start putting in external ventricular drains, which, you know, it sounds really scary. I tell people it's a Foley catheter for the brain. It's fine. But setting that up, all of a sudden, then you have to set that up in the moment, working with your table and only the resources that you would have on your unit at the time, which might be just the trauma binder, following it step by step to get that set up. And then you get your next clue because you set it up right. So it's fun. We use, I have QR codes. They scan it on their phone and then it's my voice, which pops up with a riddle. And then they have to solve that riddle and they go to the next clue. I think this year you got to escape if you unlocked the markers and colored in the different portions of the brain with the right colors. It's so simple. It's simple stuff, but they just really like doing it. And as long as they keep showing up, we'll keep designing them and <laughs> putting it out there for their trauma education. Wow, that's really creative. I love that. I, I want to get on a plane and come to your next <laughs> one. That sounds really fun. Yeah, can you send us the dates, Jordan? That yeah. Come on, absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, they're fun. They're really yeah. fun. And they they can be as big or as small as you want them to be. You know, anyone that just wants further information on it, I'm always happy to share because it's it is really daunting to say, like, okay, go set up an escape room. Uh, how do I do that? Where do where do you buy this stuff from? Like, but there, there there's there's a way to do it. That's really, that's really good. I was sitting here thinking, gosh, I wouldn't even know where to start. I would start by asking you, hey, can you share what you're doing? It's funny because I started by going to actual escape rooms. I just went, I was like, this is education. Yeah. This is research. I need yeah. to do this. Yeah. Makes sense to me. And, you know, it's really clear that you believe in the importance of certification and the learning that goes along with it. I think we probably could have some people out there that are still not quite convinced. Maybe they're a little on the fence or, you know, they're not sure. Why are these two things so important in your in your own words, Jordan, why do you think certification and lifelong learning are such a important piece of a career? Oh, you know, for me, certification, it's again, it's not just those amazing letters behind your name, but it 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 tells me, tells my patients, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and that sounds really, you know, it sounds a little like elitist, but I remember before I was certified in anything, learning things by experience right? I knew that that patient was going to get a chest tube, not because of the pathophysiology going on in his chest, but because that's just what we always keep doing. Don't ask any questions. Just get it set up. That's what we're going to do. You're going to give that tetanus shot. Don't need to know why. I just know we're going to do it. So I got good at doing all of those things, right? And then I started studying for certification. And I feel like when you're on this journey, it's not just about achieving it. It's about look at how much you learned throughout this whole process and how much of a stronger clinician you are because of it. And now I know why I'm setting up that chest tube. And now I'm anticipating what his lungs are gonna do in two days because he's got pulmonary contusions. And I'm also able to tell that to a patient and tell that to their family. So my care, my trauma care, it became so much more proficient and so much more just an elevated art form, if you will. I, it was, treating patients and I'm not treating their diseases or their mechanisms or anything like that. I'm, I'm treating them and I feel like my care for them came with a lot more finesse 
and a much higher quality because I'm certified. And I talk to families better now because I feel like I know this information so much better. You know, especially as a new nurse, you're going in there and talking to these patients and these families and they start asking you questions and you get really nervous. Like, oh gosh, I, I don't know why his urine looks like that. Well, now we can talk about it. And I can have a much more eloquent answer for them because I have been studying for this exam for so long. And that's what certification does for you in any field. Yeah. Yeah. That's really powerful. I can really relate to, I know what to do. I'm not sure why I'm doing it. And that's just so important for that confidence and being able to reassure families and have a conversation with them about what's going on. Not that we're trying to replace the doctor, but let's face it, we're the ones that are spending the time there and with the family. So thank you. Jordan, you've done a lot. You've you've traveled around. You've as a travel nurse, you've worked in different facilities. We like to ask everybody on the podcast this question. And whether it's a patient, whether it's a coworker, maybe a family member, you know, you've mentioned your very first trauma patient. But is there somebody in the course of your career in, in nursing now that's really made an impact on you as an individual or an impact on you as a professional that you can remember? Yes, I've been very lucky to work with some really amazing nurses, amazing doctors, amazing nurse practitioners, PAs. I've been very fortunate, as many others have been. One that just comes glaring to my mind very quickly, I was new in leadership, nursing leadership, and I would still consider myself young when I was in when I was first starting in nursing leadership, and I'm also an ER nurse. So um, sometimes that mouth starts running without taking a pit stop behind my brain for that quick filter. And that I remember getting some really pointed feedback from one of my nursing directors who I respected so much. I just, if you asked me what it, what I wanted to be when I grew up, it was her. And I remember Lord, she sat me down and we had a, a conversation and it was one of those crucial conversations in my my life that I can probably remember everything that she said to me. And I feel like overnight, my communication was very different. My listening was so much better. I think that's when I just really started to take everything in as a nursing leader and say, I'm going to think about this three times as long as I'm going to speak about this. And it really helped me move anywhere. I, honestly, I, I felt very different after that conversation. So the whole point in it was, you know, having those really crucial conversations with people and that can be peer to peer. You know, we're all about that peer exchange of information and peer evaluations. And imagine if you were to be able to impact someone so much as I've been impacted with feedback, to be really honest with it and very in a very professional manner. I just really took that and it was very changing for me in my career, I would say. So that that's definitely one situation. Um, I, I would always have to go back to my, my preceptor when I was a new grad. <laughs> she was just, she was the best, you know, and I just love to see these nurse residents and these new, newly graduated nurses get paired with a preceptor and they actually have that mentorship together. You know, I did travel a lot, but 10 years later, better believe she was at my wedding. And just having that relationship with her really helped give me confidence in those first two years as a nurse, which is really, you know, if you can't get that 
solidified in you in that two years and, and confidence and not just knowing what to do, but confidence in knowing I've made the right decision as a nurse. I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. That's, that's huge. So shout out to Lori and Pam. <laughs> awesome. Well, I appreciate you sharing those with us. And it's always neat. It's always neat to hear what people say when, when there's so many different things across the, our, our pathways through our professions that impact us in really unique ways. I can remember distinct patient situations that I'll never forget. I remember, you know, there's been so many coworkers and people like yours. So thank you for sharing your story. I really appreciate it. Well, Jordan, I get the opportunity to change the kind of the feel of our podcast towards the end here. And it's really just some rapid fire questions to get to know you a little bit better as a person. So Jordan, what would you be doing if you weren't in your current role? So like outside of healthcare, if you could just choose anything, what would you do? Oh gosh. I always like pass by, this sounds really, really odd, but I would probably be working outside and I would love to be able to like landscaping construction where something you can build and you see it being built and then you go on to the next one. Makes me like have this sense of pride. <laughs> No, that's awesome. I recently started taking care of plants in the last couple of years. It might've had something to do with like COVID and being home a little bit more often and wanting to see something grow. Yeah. It's, it's so nice to be able to see like things that you take care of or things that you put a little bit of work and effort and you see it like grow. And I might talk to my plants. I'm not going to, I'm not going to share too much. I but... love my plants. Love them. All right. Awesome. Okay. So I have some favorite categories that we're going to jump into. So your favorite book, and again, this can be something you're currently reading that you'd like to recommend or your favorite book of all time. I love reading. And for me, it's, I'm pretty old school with it, but the girl, the dragon tattoo series, I can always go back to that. It's just such to me, my favorite thing about that book series was that I was on a plane and I was finishing up book three and this very, this gentleman next to me who was probably 45 years older than me was just finishing it as well. And we sat there the whole time and just talked about these books and how amazing they were so that, you know, it really spoke to just entire generations of people. And it was just so entertaining. Oh, it was such a great book series. I, I love books. I have a library card. I advocate for everyone to get a library card if you can. Otherwise you spend a lot of money on books. Um, <laughs> but, but I read that book simply because I saw people have the book in their hand and it was, it's one of those things where like, I had never heard of the author. I'd never heard of like the book itself, but I saw several people with the book and it made me go, well, I might want to read that book. And I did. And I was, I was hooked. I read, I read the whole series and I was, I was like, man, it's such a good one to go back to. Yeah. I'm going to have to get that off my bookshelf. I'm going to read that next. All right. Favorite movie again, all time, or just something you've watched recently that you'd recommend. I really enjoyed recently. Let me think. So we watch probably more TV than movies. Well, I'll tell you my favorite TV series of all time is West Wing. Like there's just nothing better than some good old West Wing. It may or may not be the reason why I chose to live in DC. Awesome. It totally is. But love can always go back to that show. But uh, yeah. awesome. No, I love that. I think it's streaming somewhere. I don't ask me where, but I think it's available somewhere in the great world of, of streaming services. So look that one up, guys, if you haven't watched The West Wing. Okay. Favorite musical artist. Again, it can be someone you're listening to now or someone that you can always listen to. I mean, I, I got to go back to like my 2000 roots and go with pink. There's never a time 
that I don't smile when she comes on. Yeah. Love some good paint. Who doesn't? Oh my gosh. I saw her in concert and I don't think I've ever been more surprised, you know, like, cause you kind of have in your mind, like what she's yeah. going to be like. And then in person, she was amazing. I was like, this girl is like athletic. She can sing, she can dance. She can, she spun down on this like ribbon thing. I was like, what yes. is happening here? I heard she puts on an amazing show. Well, Jordan, we need to find out when she goes on again. <laughs> Hopefully, Pink, if you're listening, please invite us. We would like to come. All right. Comfort food or a meal that you really enjoy? Oh, so I guess probably anytime I'm at a restaurant and I see a good fish and chips on there, I can't. I don't know what it is. I know that's really random, but I don't know. The Southern in me. All I could think of is like London and like fish and chips and fog. I don't know, but hey, you found good fish and chips somewhere. Is there like a name you want to drop here? Because I mean, I'm interested. I haven't had. I mean, I I probably would not even be able to tell you, but I definitely, for whatever reason, and I know this is that's just super random, but I nine times out of ten will order that in the menu anywhere I go. All right. Any other hobbies or self care go to? What do you do to reset? really have, especially with COVID, you know, we were, my husband and I were big at the gym. We go to Orange Theory. We love it. We had a great support system there, friends, and then, you know, everything shut down. Right. So it's like, oh my gosh, what do we do? So for me, exercise of any type, I really enjoy running, which I know there's some, some out there that totally are going to get that statement. And then others that are like, only if I'm chased and either one is fine, but I just, I really enjoy taking that time. And I've taught my kids like, like, no, no, when mom is working out, this is my hour. This is my time. Go somewhere else. Unless it's like life-threatening, leave me alone. But I really do really try to prioritize both my husband and I really prioritize that time for us to make sure that we've had some time for us. And I really recommend that to nurses, especially, you know, you work in those 12 hours and how do you fit that in? I'm prioritizing it. It's really important to, to make sure that we're still having that time for us. Uh, and I've always told people, I'm like, it seems it seems really selfish to say like, Hey, this is my hour. But I also say like, if you do that, if you're someone who says like, no, I'm going to make me taking care of myself a priority, then it's amazing how much better you're able to take care of everyone else and how you're, how you're able to really step up in all the areas that you're asked to give up yourself. My parents always told me, you know, you can't, you can't give what you don't have. So if you can't, you can't really give patience, you can't really give kindness, you can't really give all those things if you don't give them to yourself, you know? So I think, yes, I think doing, I think doing that such a good point. And thank you for sharing that with us, Jordan, and all your other favorites. I'm excited. Okay. If our audience would like to follow you on any social media platforms, what could they reach out to you on? Well, I'm on LinkedIn for sure. Jordan Tishka. And please, I love when people are asking questions like, Hey, how can I get my nurses to really like trauma or what are some trauma education ideas that you're doing? So, so happy to hear, hear those things. I would love to help. Awesome. I'll post that on our description and blog for the podcast. So thank you. Well, Jordan, I have really enjoyed, I know we all have, um, hearing about your career and your passion around trauma nursing and all the incredible things that you've been able to touch. And I think it's um, amazing how you've brought so many nurses along to certification and lifelong learning. And that's that, you know, the patients that you all are caring for certainly are the beneficiaries the most of that. I loved hearing about your creative ways to get people interested in trauma nursing. 
and your escape room, like I said, ready to get on a plane and, and come help or be a part of the next one. See if I can get out of the escape room. You are just a really amazing person. And I am very inspired listening to you today. And I know our audience will be too. So I just want to thank you for taking the time to come talk with us today and share some of these things that I think will get a lot of people thinking. So thank thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, Jordan, I just want to take this time to thank you for joining us for this episode of BCN and Friends. Thank you, Jordan, for sharing your experiences, your passion with us, and your advocacy for trauma nurses and certification is inspiring. And we want to congratulate you again on your distinguished TCRN award. Well deserved. And to all of our listeners, we hope you will stay tuned as we continue with BCN and Friends and bring you new, meaningful content and perspectives. If you have a suggestion for an episode, please email us at bcn at bcn.org. I'm Holly Briggs, here with Janie Shoemaker and Michael Dexter, and on behalf of the entire BCN team, we thank and celebrate you for all that you're doing as professional nurses across the emergency spectrum. Until next time, we are out. Thank you.